Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is our first episode of what we call Ballers Edition. This is our brand new podcast that's going to be centered around basketball. We've got NBA, we got college, we got high school. We're going to be discussing a lot of topics. Alongside with me, I got my main man, Baller. Baller, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm excited, bro. I really am. I think this is going to be a lot of fun, man. I have a lot to say. Definitely, man. Uh, t- man, the NBA has been so crazy right now. Yeah. And we're diving into the, the season right now. We're, we're not quite at the halfway mark, but we're, you know, just a, a little bit before that. Um, it's December 28th. And to be perfectly honest with you, since the NBA season started, it's been insane. I, I don't even... Yeah. There's, there's so much things to cover. You know, if we tried to cover it in one show, it would go forever, you know. So we're going to discuss some of the topics today. You know, we're going to give you like a, a little brief introduction on where, where it is we're going. And yeah, man, we're going to talk hoops. You know, how you feeling? Yeah. I feel amazing, bro. Honestly, you know, we've been trying to get this thing off the ground for a little bit. So I'm just excited to get started, man. I feel like it almost feels like playing ball again, you know, when you have to just be sharp and stay on your toes. Like there's not too much rehearsing going on here. So I'm just ready. I'm focused. And if you wouldn't mind, um, one of the things I'd love to kick the show off with was I was watching the Bulls and the Hawks last night, um, the highlights of the games. And I was like, man, you know, it's funny because I seen a headline. It said uh, DeRozan and Levine are doing things that Jordan and Pippen had done. Yeah, and I was like, man, you know, I was watching the game. I was like, damn, man, Levine has elements of Michael Jordan in him. You right. know what I mean? Like how how long he is, how effortless he plays, how graceful he is. You know what I mean? Like it's beautiful to watch. You know what I mean? Did you see it? No, I didn't see last night's game. I didn't see last night's game yet. So they were playing. They were playing the Hawks, the, yeah. the COVID Hawks. Yeah, <laughs> shorthanded. Yeah, I mean everybody's shorthanded when it comes to that stuff. But it was really dope to watch because you can tell that they're just getting so comfortable now. Like meaning the Bulls. Yeah. So you know, even their bench is starting to play well. And the irony is because there's been so many guys in and out because of what's been going on, the guys that are coming off the bench or the guys that would have been at the end of the bench are actually really playing and are playing well because they're actually in the game. So it's like you're using your 15-man roster this year. You know what I mean? Right. So it's been really cool to watch. Yeah, I think I I remember them saying that they were the the highest scoring duo. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. They were the, they were the highest scoring duo in the past. What is it? Ten years. So they're just above KD and Kyrie from last year. Um, Steph and KD, they're higher than that. Uh, wow. AD and 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 Demarcus Cousins, and yeah, the list goes on. So wow. they yeah. they what they're doing. Um, what is it? We got. DeRozan is about 26 a game, and Levine is at about 27 a game. So they're they're doing monster, monster, monster stuff, to be perfectly yeah, honest. And they didn't even have Lonzo. And the, the funniest part for me is that I was like, I was kind of feeling a way about it. I'm like, damn, man, they're missing Lonzo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they really are. Like he, there's something about him being on the floor. 
that just it makes everything smooth. It makes everything work. You know what I mean? You you know, but they got um, Colby White back, and he was injured at the start mm-hmm. of the year. And and he's to be honest with you, he's a pretty good he's a pretty good player. And Absolutely. You add him with Caruso, like these guys very rarely are going to be missing a beat. They did a great job in the off season. Probably the best out of. Out of any team I've seen from from just the off season and just from putting an actual basketball team together, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hats off to the Chicago Bulls, man. Yeah, the they, the person that is running them, I don't know his name, but he needs to get GM of the year for sure. Mm. Mm. He definitely needs to get that award because there hasn't been a shift this large in one season, and I can't tell you the last time, like where they go from just bottom of the map, bottom of the, you know, barely fighting to get into the playoffs to you're talking about them with the best teams in the league. You know what I mean? And they didn't cheat it. They didn't have the craziest acquisitions. Right. They just found guys that fit. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, and that's that's a lost art now, I think. It's just about big names, and I don't think it really is, though. You know, the results would say that the big names don't always get you what you're thinking you're going to get. No. You know, obviously we know just watching what's been going on with LeBron and the Lakers, you know, and a few other teams that have tried to do that. It's not always a guarantee, man. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> definitely not, because speaking of them, and to be honest, like... um yeah, there was a bunch of things I was going to ask you to touch on. So I, I have a feeling that might be your answer for the first question. Um, and the first question was basically, you know, with this crazy season, the way it started, um, what, w- what would be the biggest surprise of this year for you? For me, to be perfectly honest with you, something that came completely out of I didn't expect seeing it was the Golden okay. State Warriors. Didn't expect That's it. It's it, it it completely threw me off guard. The way that they're playing, they're at ca- championship caliber right now, and Clay hasn't even stepped back on the floor. So, it, it, to me, that's probably the biggest surprise of the year. What would you say yours is? Yeah, that's on par with the Bulls. I I mean, I'm very excited about what I see with the Warriors for so many reasons, man. You know, like I just love. Greatness and what I'm watching Curry do, I honestly can't compare it to anything other than Michael Jordan. Mm. You know, like I've never seen one person cause this much problems. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I was trying to think back, and I was like, what if Curry played against the Bulls? Like if he played against Jordan Pippen, them like what would they do to deal with this guy? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he is on that type of level. Like I'm sitting here cause they, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go with this topic, but they were talking about greatest point guards. Right. And you know, some of the analysts was like, yeah, magic, you know? And I thought about it and I was like, I don't think I would take magic Johnson over Stephen Curry right now. I, I really, there's only, a very small few people that I would take over this guy right now. That's how good he is. That's how much problems he creates. I've never seen anything like it. Like, so 
that's why the Warriors are such a surprise to me. I mean, I love how much these the younger guys have grown. I love seeing what Wiggins is doing. You know, he really has helped them so much. Yeah. And then, of course, the other guys, Poole, and I mean, even Kaminga. Like, have you seen that guy actually play? I'm like, oh my God, this guy is going to be a monster once he figures it out. They did well in the like, draft, man. They did well. Yo, they really did, man. Like, they really, really did. Like, they're going to be good for a while. So, again, even maybe GM of the year, like, maybe because they had Wiggins and Poole already. <laughs> yeah. They can't give him that. But, man. But they, they, they developed those guys. You know what I mean? And they, they took, for the last two years, they took pretty a, a pretty big beating, you know, mm-hmm. just developing a lot of their young guys. And yeah. it, it's... You watch them play right now with that confidence, with that swing, with that flow in the offense. The way they're moving the ball, the way they're they're confidently shooting it. Gary Payton, the the, the second, like you know what I mean. Like they have some yeah, pieces yeah. that are coming in and out of the game, playing with, and everybody on that team looks like they are confident, like yeah. like they're the guy. And, yeah, and that's and that's you need that in in a league right now where everything is. You never know who's going to be playing. You never know what lineup is going to be put on the floor every single night. And they, they, their guys are just like, who cares? Next man up. Next man up. For real. And, like, what type of confidence would you have as a coach or as a GM knowing that your guy, one guy specifically, well, two, because Draymond's really important to them. But this one guy, as long as he's on the floor, it's like Space Jam. Like it's like this secret sauce where everybody drinks it, and all of a sudden they become him. You know what I mean? And they're on fire, and you're just like, "Who should I stop right now?" Right. You know what I mean? Like that's remarkable. That type of infectious type of aura. There's, there's again, I can only think of Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's the only guy. Magic Johnson had that too, though. I got to give Magic his credit. He had that infectious kind of way that he was when it came to passing the ball. And again, that's where I think Alonzo. Right. Because of the same idea, like the hockey assist even. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Alonzo like, big on that. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, but I'll say this, just to throw it in there. The other team that has really surprised me, and again, these are teams that everyone knows. Yeah. But I was surprised was the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. I never, you know, I never expected them to be this good. I'm shocked. I'm like, how are they Again. winning like this? Again, though. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I expected them to have a fall off. I didn't expect yeah. it to. I think at one point they went 17 in a row. You know, well, and then they, they won another they played 15. the Warriors. Huh? Early. Then they won 15 in a row after that. Yeah, like, they, they're, they're just on some, it's... Yeah, I, I thought there was going to be some sort of drop off. Yeah, man. I thought from when the way last year ended, I was like, that's ah, kind of like the last two years, I've been kind of thinking, uh, you know, certain things are a fluke. You know what I mean? I thought last exactly. year, like the, the team that I thought was the biggest fluke was the Knicks. Like, I didn't think the Knicks were going to be able to recreate um, what mm-hmm. they did last year into this year. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so far, mm-hmm. I'm proven right. Mm. <laughs> so far, I'm proven right when it comes to that. I, I just didn't think they had the talent needed to really, really compete at that level. 
I thought yeah. Julius Randle was, you know, what I mean, I think Julius Randle's a really good young piece. I just don't think he's the number one guy. No, I don't either. And so I, I thought looking at that, I'm like, ah, you know, that situation there, maybe it's a little bit of a fluke. And I thought maybe Phoenix kind of followed in that same mold. I'm like, maybe they enjoyed some of the luxuries where some teams got hurt, you know, exactly. later, on, later on in the season. You know what I mean? Uh, the Nuggets not having Murray. Um, the 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 Jazz losing some of their pieces. The, yeah. the way the Lakers fell. I thought... They be- I thought Phoenix Suns benefited a lot from a lot of that stuff, but hell, <laughs> whatever whatever yeah. basketball climate throws at them right now, they're they're for real. They're for real. They really are, and I mean, I think they are a testament to how life actually works in real life, which is you gotta actually be on the floor and be out there night in and night out in order to protect your position, because as you said the Nuggets, I was like, oh yeah, they don't got Murray right now. Yeah, But then I thought about it after that, I'm like, yeah, but even if Murray came back right now, I still don't know if they could take Phoenix from that position anymore. No. Because, mm. you know what I mean? Because now they look like a well-oiled machine now. Yeah, they do. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like, you know what I think back to? The Clippers and the Warriors when they had their rivalry. Oh, that when, and, when when the Clippers were kind of the big brother in that scenario, exactly. Yeah. And they never put their foot on the Warriors when they were supposed to. Mm. You know what I mean? And then the Warriors kept growing in confidence. And the second they beat them once, it was over from that. Yeah, that's what I see. It's like you can't. You got to crush things out and stomp it out because if you let a little flame exist that grows into confidence and continuity and all the other things, like who would have ever thought DeAndre Ayton was really a star? I didn't. I, you, know I thought he was, you know what? It's going to be interesting. They they didn't give him his they didn't give him his extension. Mm-hmm. So he's pissed. So he's been yeah. this whole year a little bit pissed off. The fact that they yeah. didn't give him that extension, that, and that's going to be interesting coming the off season. You know, mm-hmm. how much of a disrespect is he going to take that, or is the team going to sort of be able to, you know, you prove to us, you know, here, here's the bag now, right? Interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't I, like whatever games they think they're playing. <laughs> I don't think they could lose him. I don't no. think they could lose him. So they need to they need to figure that out come the end of the year. But, you know, he is a little pissed off that they didn't give him his money, you know, at the beginning of the year. <laughs> not, not a little. And you can see it in the way he's playing. I think the irony is that this may have been the best thing that could have ever happened to him. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I don't think we see the same DeAndre Ayton ever. Yeah. If this doesn't happen and he, cause he would just stay comfortable. He would stay relaxed. He would stay chilling, you know? And you, and you know, the biggest fear of like an NBA GM, in my opinion, is when you have a guy playing like this in a contract year, when you mm-hmm. have a guy this motivated in a contract year, it's scary because now what yeah. you're going to, now what you're going to say is like, you're going to give DeAndre Jordan somewhere of an extension. Around $200 million, right? Yep. Like, that's what he's going to get, right? He is motivated. Now he got it. Now what are you going to say, right? 
you can't really say nothing. So the one thing you hope is like, hopefully, he doesn't start picking up the strip club. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hopefully, yeah. he doesn't go down that road. You know what I mean? Hopefully, he still keeps his two-a-day practices. Hopefully, he, he still keeps up that energy because, man... If that money starts getting to his head, bigger crib, bigger, you know what I mean? It, it's it's just something where they, you've seen players have this tremendous fall off after getting that money. And I think it's one of those dangerous things right now. It's like, eh, I don't know. I really don't. Well, hopefully they do finish really high. Hopefully they end up going to the Western Conference Finals at least. And the rivalry that they may be building now with, the Warriors will motivate him to want to run it back if they lose so that he's more focused on getting his revenge because I think that's how we are as human beings, right? We need stuff to focus on. The second that we get comfortable or don't have something in front of us to motivate us is when everything starts to go in the opposite direction. So I think in, in the case with him, the good thing is, is this rivalry is, you know, it's real now. These right. guys are having some real battles, and I think that will help him to not think about the money once he gets it. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That, that would be my hope for him. And I think the other issue they're going to have in general is just keeping all of these guys together for a long time, especially if they do pay him that kind of money. You know, because Booker probably is going to be rearing up soon enough. Yeah. So, and then they're going to have to have a great GM like the Warriors did because there's some of those other young guys that may not want to stay because they can get more money. You know what I mean? Right. So right. it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see how Phoenix manages success because this is really the first time in a very long time that they could be a destination spot for somebody. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. But Phoenix definitely surprised me. They really... They really came out and 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 shocked me, you know. So those guys are teams that I would say, um, you know, we should talk about some disappointments then too. Hold on, hold on. I had my second <laughs> second topic. All right, and, and I, come on, you know I'm going that way, right? But mm-hmm. you can't talk basketball without talking to Lakers, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, LeBron, yeah, listen, and I was going to be like, listen, maybe, maybe you got the answers. You know what I mean? I'm going to hit baller on the ballers edition, right? You tell me what the hell is up with the Lakers. You know, we were talking a little bit yesterday, just, you know, on the phone. And we we're talking about what's going on with them. And, you know, Westbrook is definitely one of the headline issues that people will point to. Um, but the irony is, is Westbrook looks like he's trying the hardest right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he actually looks like he's giving effort. He's just in a slump when it comes to his efficiency. But overall, I think it's laziness. I think it's the combination of the NBA not being so defensive driven anymore. The game being back and forth and, and, you know, a fast-paced game, age, trying to preserve the body so that it's ready for the for the playoffs. It has two, three, four more years left in it. All of these different things 
are in the minds of the players in the, on the Lakers because a lot of them have been in the NBA a long time. And they're thinking about longevity. They're thinking about Hall of Fame, you know, positions. They're thinking about records being broken. All of the other things other than just going out every single night and winning each possession. You know what I mean? I think the only hope that the Lakers have, in my opinion, is to get a coach that knows how to talk to each player. Right. And do something like what Steve Kerr has done. Right. Like Steve Kerr really is a smart and empathetic and thoughtful person in the way that he builds his relationships with each guy. Yeah. And I think the only hope that the Lakers have is to get a guy that has that type of respect that knows how to talk to these guys and let them know like, yo, you guys have to put the work in. You're talking about a or, coach? Coach? You, do I have an idea of a coach? Like, 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 like you're talking about bringing somebody in to 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 do all of that stuff right now with with the Lakers. Like, yeah, yeah, I think. And when I scan my brain for who I could think of that has that type of cachet, yeah. the only guy I could think of is Popovich. He's the only person I can think of that could fix it because there's the respect, but also he doesn't care. So he's the type of guy that will do something that will piss people off, but they know he's not going to budge. So they're going to budge and they're going to adjust. I don't know. I think that's the only hope or this ends up being a situation where again, the, you know, they're just barely getting into the playoffs and then they're hoping that <laughs> once the playoffs begin, yeah. guys are going to start to try and start to, you know, do the little things because it's the little things that's killing them. It's not whether or not they're good enough. Yeah, like when I look at the standings right now, it's um, I remember last year, LeBron was complaining about the playing games, right? Mm -hmm. And he was upset about that whole system, the way it worked. And I'm looking at them right now. They're sitting in the ninth seed. They're 16 yeah. and 18. And when I look at them, I'm saying at the beginning of the year, if you flipped their record with Golden States, I think everybody, nobody would have been shocked. I think that's naturally, when you saw the Lakers roster going into the year, you thought, yeah, number one in the West, 27 and six seems about right at this time of the year. You wouldn't have questioned it. And if the Warriors were 16 and 18, you could have had a little bit of understanding. They don't have clay. They're young still, and they're just working out the kinks. But it's the opposite effect that's taking place right now with both of these teams. The Lakers, jeez, yeah. man. I, I don't, I don't, yeah. to, to, to look at it, when you think about bringing in a personality like you're talking about, like a Popovich, or even like calling up Duke and be like, Shashesky, we need you to come off that bench. Come, come over to LA, right? <laughs> No, 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 no. Nobody wants to be in that dumpster fire in LA. But it, it's LeBron is the coach. Let's just be honest. LeBron is also the GM of that organization. And you can see a lot of these moves that took place were done at the behest of LeBron James. You know, one of the biggest knocks on Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan is the greatest player to ever play the game, right? And yeah. I think me and you. 
probably share that same sentiment. But Michael Jordan is also one of the worst GMs, <laughs> right? I think we could also agree that that's the case. You know, the evaluator of talent and bringing them into a basketball team and then developing that talent, I don't think Michael Jordan is the greatest at that. He's made some interesting choices over the years, right? Yeah. I think that's LeBron James. <laughs> I don't think LeBron James makes a very good GM. I think he sees the name. I think he has a relationship with a lot of these guys, but actually putting them on a basketball team and making it all come together, I think that's the thing he's overlooking. He's too much of a friend to the players in the league, and he ends up with a lot of them when they're at their lowest or you know just at the tail end of their career. And that's sort of what he gets. He's not thinking about... You know, youth and 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 the thing with the Lakers is they got to run everything through him. Every decision yeah. has to be run through him. So when they talked about it in the early part of the year, where, yo, Buddy healed. You know what I mean? We can get a shooter. We need a shooter on the wing, and he's just like, and he vetoes that deal and says, "I'm going for Westbrook. Give me Westbrook." And it's like, you're the boss. So they go ahead and get him Westbrook, and it's like. But how is that going to work with the two of them on the floor? And everybody was saying, you know, these are two great players. They'll figure it out. Well, doesn't look like they're doing that. <laughs> it doesn't look like that's happening right now. So, yeah, yeah, I think. But also, I don't think that's the only issue. You know, I think there's a couple other issues on top of that. I think you, you, you said it right when you said the GMing and the friends, because the way it, where my mind went when you said that was, I'm not going to say he doesn't know talent or that his results would be the same as Jordan's early, early on. I just think he's playing right now. And because he's playing, he's trying to create a environment for himself that he enjoys, you know, so that it's not, a work environment per se. You know what I mean? It's more of a, a camaraderie friendship, you know, my boys when we, when we're in the off season type of environment so that as he's in his 19th year and he's traveling and going to all these different cities and whatever, he's trying to enjoy that stuff. He's trying to be able to go out to eat after the games with his buddies. You know what I mean? He's trying to, just keep those relationships at the forefront of this part of his career so that he's going to enjoy the extra stuff that, you know, the league's a long year. It's a long season. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think he, at the age that he's at, he wants to enjoy this last stretch of his career versus being in the trenches and everything so serious and everybody has to be focused and he has to be like a drill sergeant who keeps everyone in line. Yeah. I don't think he wants to do that anymore. Not at this point. So you go for guys who've been around, you go for guys that he doesn't have to worry about off the court, but at the same time on the court, it's not producing because these are all guys that have similar mentalities of, possibly preserving themselves or just being too big to dive into the stance, you know what I mean? Or to wrestle on the ground for a loose ball yeah. or take a charge. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you know, you know what? Um, <laughs> like, 
because <laughs> you saying so much stuff. I don't. You know, you don't think any of these players would be really willing to 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 do any of that stuff like you're saying. But I would listen. I was listening to Amon Shumpert uh, on a podcast recently, and one of the mm-hmm. things he said was that Lakers team ain't hanging out. Oh, like they're not. They're not hanging. You know. And he's like, you know what? You could also tell they're not playing any five on five with each other. They're not getting up and down. You know what I mean with each other. They're not. They don't know how to play with each other. They're just a lot of. I'll see you when I see you in the gym. You know what I mean? That's what's happening. They're very, very separate and distant from each other. So you could, you could almost tell, like, the guys that you see rolling together, you could see um, Melo and, and, and Braun rolling together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, could, you could see that. And you could see maybe to a degree, maybe AD tags along. But mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see Dwight Howard going to the club with LeBron. And I don't mm. see DeAndre Jordan really doing it either. And then I see Westbrook. He's on his own other thing. You know what I mean? Like, everybody is sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see you when we see you. And he was explaining, like, when they were on that Cleveland team, all they were doing was hanging out. You know what I mean? All they did was roll together. And it was just a, a fun vibe. And you could kind of tell, like, the energy, the you know what I mean, that existed around that team was there because that's what they were all doing. But you don't feel the same sort of love. It's just like they, they sort of get together for these basketball games and they're just not in sync. And I think deep down, they're, they're not friends like you would think. I think the guys that you're looking at from LeBron's standpoint is guys that he maybe have admired or guys that he maybe have, you know, had like a little mutual respect for in the league, but guys that weren't as homies. You know what I mean? Like they weren't as... They weren't his boys like that, you know. You know, like he'd see them All Star Weekend. He's like, "Yo, I love Russ. You know, I love what Russ does. You know, what I mean, he's watching highlights of Russ. He sees Russ in All Star games, but that's his extent of his relationship with Russ. You know, so he sees yeah. it and thinks, "Yo, that type of mentality, I can mess with a guy like that." And then you actually get it. You're like, "How am I supposed to play with this guy? Like, because he's in my space. <laughs> you know what I mean?" Wherever yeah, I go I, on the court, the spots that I like, he's just in it. I don't like that, That's true. But honestly, I still don't see that as the biggest problem. Like, there's there's so many other things. Like, I mean, it's, you know what's even funny? Yeah. I swear to you. I When I was talking about that, I never even thought of Anthony Davis, bro. <laughs> like I almost forgot he's on the team. That guy's been non-existent, and part of it's because no, he's hurt. But <laughs> yeah. you know, but just in general, like he's not a dominant type of presence like that. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he, I'm trying to think who he plays like. Like he plays. You know, he reminds me of in a way, but a different way is like Clay Thompson. In the sense that he can have a great game in a, in a statistical standpoint, but he takes up very little space, which is great. <laughs> if, you know what I mean? If you got the right other pieces there because he fits so seamlessly into it. But to then say, all right, Clay or whoever, we're going to sit here and ride you. Yeah. We're going to, we need you to show up every game and carry us. That would be unnatural to Clay Thompson. 
You know what I mean? And to have all of the pressure and then him having to handle the ball, that's what I see when I see Anthony Davis. Because I'm like, with the type of talent that these guys have, and with Anthony Davis there, Westbrook and Braun spots are not. They shouldn't be struggling like this. Like, this is, this is rare. And I think the other thing I would say about this situation, personally, is I think these guys have underestimated time. They've underestimated what getting older is, but they've also underestimated what it's like seeing these young players getting older. Like, John Morant is getting older. You know what I mean? Booker's getting older and wiser and more experienced. They're not scared. They're not none of them are timid scared. anymore. When they see you know the Lakers, none of them are scared. And that's that's the effect. And I think that's the scary part about the Lakers. I think that's why they're having such a hard time. Because everybody is getting up to play the Lakers. Because mm-hmm. even if it's not nationally televised, it's nationally televised. Everyone mm-hmm. is tuning into every game the Lakers are playing. Whether it's because they love them or because they want to critique them. You know, so the next morning on every show, you know, every Skip Bayless and Stephen A show, all of this stuff, they're going to be talking to Lakers. So whether they play Detroit, whether they play Houston, whether they play Orlando, you know, whether they play any of those teams at the bottom, those young guys are like, shit, I'm I'm playing the Lakers. I'm, I'm, I'm getting up for this game and they're going and attacking them. So the Lakers can't have a night off. They can't yeah. have a moment, and 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 typically in in the league, you know what I mean. The Chicago Bulls, like they they could have a night off. They could have a night mm-hmm. off because again, guys are scared to awaken Michael Jordan. You know, they're scared mm-hmm. to say shit. If Mike, if Mike comes alive right now, this this is going to be a type of embarrassment. I'm not looking forward to. So and usually he would. Exactly. Usually something would trigger him exactly. at. Certain and it could be the smallest thing, so everybody tiptoed around him. But what you're seeing in the league right now, when it comes to the Lakers and LeBron, <laughs> they're being as loud as they could possibly be because they're trying to get on. It's just a different mentality in terms of the players, in terms of the league, you know. But yeah, and LeBron's not Jordan in that sense. Meaning, LeBron is a nicer person, right? You know what I mean? Like Michael Jordan will hold it against you forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, so you're not gonna, you're not, like, I remember, I think, a Shea Gilgis Alexander, when he hit the shot in the Laker, in the, in the, um, shoot, the, what was it? The Staples Center. Yeah. And he's just yelling how he's him. And like, I'm this, I'm that guy. And you know what I mean? Bron's not playing, but he's still yelling it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I know a Jordan, you know what I mean? Like that guy would see that, a man screaming that in the, you know, on his floor. That's enough. Yeah. And that game is circled. <laughs> and when I see, you feel me? And when I see you, you're going to have to scream like that again when I'm on the floor and I'm guarding you. You feel me? Yeah. So Braun isn't going to do that to these guys. Yeah. Braun's going to let them live. You know what I mean? Braun's focused on what Braun's focused on. He's not going to get petty yeah. and see a young kid coming up and say, I'm going to destroy this kid. Yeah. It's, 
And when when it comes to Anthony Davis, I have a un and I'm just gonna you know clarify this right now. It's the the bias that I'm gonna give is gonna be completely unfair. It's gonna be unfair, <laughs> but it's my own personal philosophy. It's my okay. own personal philosophy, and it's never failed me. It's never failed me. And my thing is, anybody who goes to the University of Kentucky in this era is will never be the number one guy on my basketball team. Jesus. And and it's just unfortunate, but again, it's proving itself with Anthony Davis. Because what's happened to the Lakers is LeBron has given the keys to Anthony Davis. So he's given the keys, and it's supposed to be this is Anthony Davis's team. You know what I mean? And LeBron's supposed to be along for the ride. LeBron's supposed to be the number two guy, and that's what he's looking for in his career. But AD, he's just not this he's missing that dog. And it's funny that you compared him to Clay. And when I think of Clay, Clay has a, a lot of dog in him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Clay will fight a man on the court. Like Clay's not playing around when he's on our court. Defensively, when he like He's a, yeah. He that's a guy you don't want to you don't want to wake him up. <laughs> you don't want to yeah. piss that guy off. You know what I mean? And Anthony Davis, you just you just look at him. It's like great stats. He's been a stat guy his whole career. You know what I mean? Yeah. And tremendous talent, but there's just something about the mentality, the drive to put it all together on a basketball court for 82 games of the year. That's just. It always comes and goes. And a lot of that's been maybe injuries, you know, because you can't discount injuries, right? How it plays yeah. on how it plays on your own psyche. The the type of environment he was in early on in New Orleans. It's just, you know, and then now yeah. with the Lakers. And I and I think for him, you talk about motivation. Everybody needs that thing to sort of strive to, right? Yeah. For him, he's already won a championship. He's already mm. got his money. Yeah. What is he? Like, yeah. What is the motivating factor now? Yeah, man. And you're in LA, so there's a million things to do. You know what I mean? Like you're not in a place where the only thing to do is to go to the gym. You know, it's like the Lakers. They have a hard time because they're playing against their opponent and they're playing against the city itself. Right. Yeah. And the distractions. You feel me? Like. Go figure, most Laker teams were not doing well. And if they were, it was because they had this one kid that just loved basketball so much that that was what the obsession was, and he didn't get caught up in what was happening outside. And, and, and when I think of Kentucky guys, when I think of Kentucky guys, I think of when they came through the high school system, they were the men. You know what I mean? So these guys are top players McDonald's All-Americans, the best players in the country, right? Yeah. Sports Illustrated yeah. from high school type of players, right? And because of the rules, they couldn't go straight to the NBA, or they would have. So those are the type of guys with enough talent that they, they would have just probably foregoed the, the NCAA and went straight to the league. But mm-hmm. they decided to go. They needed a place for, you know, a couple of months to play ball. And Calipari yeah. was, you know... I'm the one and done guy. So because I'm the yeah. one and done guy, I'm going to get you here and I'm going to get you your number one draft pick. And so what those guys were always used to, in my opinion, they were used to these stacked situations where they would play on AU teams that were overly stacked, um, prep school teams that were overly stacked, and they would 
steamroll the competition. You know what I mean? Their whole mm-hmm. lives. And then they go to university. And then they find themselves at Kentucky. And then they find themselves in another stack situation with a bunch of one and done guys, right? Mm-hmm. And they're able to sort of steamroll their way through that situation because who cares? We're just here for the, the couple of eight months and then we're going to the league, right? But what ends up translating to me was, well, where are the situations when those guys have to fight? You know what I mean? Where's the yeah. fight in those situations? Because if you're talking about these guys being on these stack situations their whole lives, they're just blowing teams out. And having fun and doing all that. But I never get to see them play through adversity. I never get to see them play through the hardship. I never get to see them motivate, you know what I mean, the the guy on the end of their bench to to come up. You know what I mean? It's not like LeBron's high school situation where he's playing Mm -hmm. at home and he has to get guys to pay to his level because he's going to play against Oak Hill Academy and all these big programs. No, these guys are the Oak Hill Academies. Right. Yeah. And so it's yeah. a different mentality that's now brought into the league because now you put them as number one picks in situations where, yo, you got to drive everybody else. And it's like, I'm not used to that. I, I'm question. used to being in a stack situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm used to that. And I think that's the effect it's having when you're asking them to, like, nah, you got to drive the school bus. And it's like, I've never done that my whole life. So it's funny. You're saying that. And I think of, Devin Booker, because he came from there too. Yeah. How do you feel about him? Okay, okay, and and I love Def, Devin Booker, and Devin Booker is a little unique because he wasn't even a starter at Kentucky. Yeah, he was a sixth man, right? So it's a little, it's a little different when it comes to him. But yeah. if you look at Phoenix before Chris Paul, yeah, that's for sure. It's definitely not the Phoenix with Chris Paul, right? So the, like. Like he would be the, the the most interesting thing out of that bunch, but it's almost like he wasn't supposed to be a one and done guy at Kentucky. Yeah, you know, what and I, mean? I know a little bit about his story too. Like his dad purposefully threw him in the trenches as a young kid. Like I think it was Mississippi he brought him to. Right. Where I was watching a documentary and they were saying like you know his dad wanted him to be tough. He wanted him to do everything that you're saying, have to fight, have to earn his respect, have a chip on his shoulder, et cetera. So he brought him out of his comfort zone from his mom and brought him down to Mississippi and made him have to go play against a bunch of guys that didn't know him and didn't have any respect for him. And again, it did translate because he succeeded, but then ended up in Kentucky and had to come off the bench for Kentucky. But he knew how to fight. And his dad put him in a situation where it's like, yo, fight yourself off that bench, right? Yeah. And you and you and and what you see in a Devin Booker is a fighter, you know. Yeah. And sometimes when you look at AD, you know, you 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 start to question the fight. You know, do you have it? Yeah. Do you have that dog? Do you have that alpha? You know what I mean? Show it to me. Give me a little KG. Give me a little mm. bit of that. You know what I mean? That 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 thing. And again, when the injuries are coming in and out the way it has for him in his career, you're not seeing it the same way. So the Lakers are going to have a tough time dealing with that because, you know. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 You know, as we're talking, I'm thinking about a team that I'm really saddened by. I'm not sure what their future is going to be and specifically a specific player. And it's the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, and Zion. 
Jesus, like I, you know what's funny? This one touches me personally. This yeah. one touches me personally, and there, there's something I'm working on when it comes to the New Orleans Pelicans because I, I almost have like a damn expose because I know, I know they're playing around over there, right? Mm. I know that they're playing around over there, and. I was discussing it with somebody else, and I said, listen to me. When it comes to that team, when it comes to Zion specifically, I almost believe what David Griffin is trying to do over there, he's trying to recreate the Philadelphia 76ers process. Mm. I think that's what's happening. And I, and, I, and I would say this because the way that they're dealing with Zion from a guy who has that type of that, that that type of build, and Zion Zion is uniquely gifted athlete based on his stature. He's just it's just different from everybody else, right? Yeah, yeah. When he got to New Orleans, just to give a little bit of insight, when he got to New Orleans, if you remember, he played his preseason games, right? He think he played the five preseason games his rookie year. Yeah, he was averaging about twenty five points a game, and we're we're seeing those that brilliance like like it was Duke in those preseason yeah. games, and what you had heard in that moment because in that moment right after preseason ended, they took him off and they said, um, the doctors reevaluated Zion and Zion didn't have an issue. The doctors reevaluated Zion, and they found that there's some little issues or little tweaks that they can actually um clean up. So they put him, they, they got him surgery, right, on his mm-hmm. knee. And what they did in the rehab process, if you remember, they said, we're going to retrain him on how to walk. Exactly. We're going to retrain him on how to jump and how to move. So the doctors now, they sat down and they started retooling everything of Zion's yeah. body. And now one of the things that I found interesting, and I just heard it from somebody else the other day, and I, and I didn't get a chance to, to really dive into it, but the, the, the owners of the Pelicans also own the Saints, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. they actually share the same doctors for the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. Interesting. So you're getting football <laughs> trainers, right? God bless Basically. you. Trying to change, you know what I mean? Trying to change the way a unique basketball player walks, runs, and jumps. Yep. And it's having a negative effect. You can't. The guy has done this his whole life. You can't turn and change the guy on the the drop of a dime. Like, you, you can't do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now it's having the effect where it's like, well, he can't play. And I'm watching, you know what I mean, the Pelicans, and it's almost like, are they tanking on purpose? <laughs> and part of me <laughs> believes that's what, what Griffin's little motivation is. Because I think deep down in his heart, he knows we can't get free agents here. The only way to get them here is to draft them. Right. I don't know. I don't. I don't agree though with that. Like, if you have Zion running around, but but who here, wouldn't want to play with but that? Here's what it, but here's what it does with Zion, right? Here's what it does with Zion. That's interesting because you're also 
uh, and I think for for the GM, I think for ownership, they're also looking at the reports of Zion wanting to leave. Right. Yeah. So you're looking at the reports of Zion wanting to 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 exit that situation and maybe go to a bigger market, and maybe his his team is unhappy with some of the things that are taking place in New Orleans. That's fine. So if you if you're if you're hearing that as well and you're saying, well, we don't want to lose him necessarily either. You would then, I don't know, lower his value. <laughs> I don't know man. on that, the open that market. Sounds- it's it's a little conspiracy like a theory, you know what I mean? But from that day when these guys said that they were going to retrain the way he walks, jumps, and moves, I then lost all faith in this team. And then when he got, when they finally got him back on the floor, they minute restricted him like crazy. And it reminded yeah. you know what it reminded me of if you watch the Last Dance, that situation yeah. with Jordan and that team trying to make the playoffs. It's so it's so very much in that mold, right? Where you finally yeah. have Griffin as the GM now, where he's like, I'm gonna get to do some interesting things here that I can do. And I'm I'm telling you, like, they're playing games with this young man. And it, and it yeah. bothers me because he wants to get on the floor and play. They're holding him back. They're holding him back. And I think yeah, that's the part that that's that's pissing me off. And it's not like they're flying in or they rehired the best trainers and doctors in the world. You're just using the guys from across the street. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and, and yeah. to me, looking at a guy that I, I love Zion, you know what I mean? Looking at a guy like yeah. that, it's it's really really pissing me off. Yeah, and and you know, to what you're saying, I think it's a real gamble because why would somebody want to stay in that for a long portion of their career? You stunted the first, what, three years of my career. Right. Like you, you, you've robbed me of so much. And to be honest, when I seen him out on the floor, yeah, he looked good. He was scoring, but it wasn't the same it guy. Wasn't the man. Same. You could tell, you could tell. Yeah, man. Like he doesn't even. He looks like he doesn't even want to jump. He's not putting the same exactly. effort into it. You know what I mean? Like it's like the. It's like, it's like you just brainwashed the guy and put your voice in his head. And you know it's crazy because I've said this to a few people. Uh, I've had the experience myself, but just man, if you're not underneath the right management, the right coaching. These guys can really alter your whole career, man. You know, like there's some young guys that are going to come up, you know, in high school right now that are going to go into the college system and have their whole career derailed because they picked the wrong system, the wrong coach, you know, and people underestimate how much that affects the results, man. Like you think, oh, because you're talented, but that's not the case. Like if you keep hearing somebody in the back of your mind, in the corner of your ear saying not to do something or that you can't do something, if they do that long enough, it's going to start to make you hesitate. Right. And if there's any guy that you would not want to hesitate, it's him. Yeah. Like, because when he's playing full tilt and his instincts are guiding him, it's it's it, the only thing you can compare it to is LeBron. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, amazing. Like, that guy's power, his explosiveness, his instincts, even the way he can adjust his body he, with that that size is remarkable. He makes me laugh. I, I, I remember seeing a situation where they were playing the Utah Jazz. And it got to the point where they couldn't put anybody on him because he might have been like, he might have been like eleven for eleven on the floor, right? Yeah, with like a regular three and a four guarding him, right? So they put Gobert <laughs> to guard him. And the funny part is, you think about it, it's like Zion's six six, Gobert's seven one, right? So mm-hmm. Gobert is the biggest, and Gobert is the, the the reigning defensive player of the year, right? Yeah. So you put Gobert on him, but Zion has a little handle, right? He could move. Yeah. He's quick, and the play was Zion's on the top of the key by the three point line, right? So everybody else on the court, you have a guy on the wing, a guy in the corner, a guy on the wing, guy on the corner, right? So it's basically mm. the floor spread, and you have Zion with the ball at the top of the key, right? Mm-hmm. Gobert's guarding him. Gobert is sitting in the key Because <laughs> he's mm-hmm. like Shoot it right yeah. Gobert's like shoot it Like don't come in here Like that's how it looks It looks comical Yeah. And Zion walks the ball down And as he's walking it down You can see Gobert backing up Backing up yeah. You know what I mean Further and further And then Zion just takes off Into Gobert And lays him up Right And, and yeah. it's like the quickness that he was able to get off the floor, Gobert didn't even have time to react to jump. So it's nope. just Gobert in the, like on the floor with his hands flailing and Zion laying the ball around him. And I'm like, yeah. this this uniqueness in a, in today's NBA, you know what I mean? Unstoppable. It would have put so much pressure on the way they had to scheme for him because it's so unique, right? Yeah, man. Such an interesting talent. And and it, and it makes the game now interesting because you're seeing something different from what you would see from the other 29 other teams. You know what I mean? Exactly. And 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 people would want to see this guy, not especially the fact that he's he's like his his personality is sort of infectious. You just like to see him. You know what I mean? The smile, everything. There's just something about him that you kind of want to continue watching him. But yeah. New Orleans is doing a damn disservice to the guy. I to the whole, to the to, whole league, to the man. whole league. Yes, yes. You yes. know what I mean. Like yeah. you're almost forgetting that he's here. You know what I mean. Like yeah. it, it's crazy. And again, the league is not guaranteed. Like it's not like again, the Lakers are number one just because right. you know. So there's no reason why New Orleans couldn't be fighting amongst the top four teams, right? You know what I mean? Especially had they kept Lonzo. I I don't know. Again, shout out to Lonzo because <laughs> for that I little don't bit know. Of bre- but that that's the David Griffin. For that little bit of bread, you wouldn't have kept Lonzo? <laughs> Buddy, there's no way that I'm letting that guy go. There's only certain circumstances that I'm letting a player, like a true basketball player. Like most of these guys are specialists, right? They do certain things well. You know what I mean? But then there's guys that are basketball players. Right. You know what I mean? Where you could just throw them out there with anybody and they'll figure it out 
Lonzo is that type of guy, man. And again, no one probably thought he would fix his shot the way he has. Yeah. Or or even shoot it with the kind of confidence yeah. that he shoots it with. Mm-hmm. You know, which is the biggest thing that everyone's probably surprised about. So I understand that maybe you didn't see that coming. But at the same time, it's like to think of Lonzo and Zion playing oh. together. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's sad what New Orleans has done and what is going to continue to happen because if they lose him, forget about it. You know what I mean? Because... Yeah, yeah. I'm calling for the arrest of David Griffin. Yeah, because that's a case study. Like, if I'm if I'm a young, if I'm a father of a young man come that's about to sign or get drafted, I'm watching what they did with this guy. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, nah, we don't want you to go there. Yeah. We don't want this. Like, no. who knows what kind of crap they're going to no. do. No, no. He, he needs to be arrested and charged immediately. And he, he needs to be in federal court dealing with this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it hurts me, man. It, it hurts yeah, me. Man. But, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch gears a little bit because there's another person you might have forgot about. <laughs> oh, ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> in this early part of basketball, where the hell is Ben Simmons going to end up? What do you think? Where is he going to end up? I think there's not too many places that he can go that they need him or that he probably he probably would fill something that they didn't have. So it's not such an obvious thing. In my opinion, at least. Yeah. But I would say, I would say maybe if we're just talking about who would need him, not who could actually pull off whatever trade or whatever things that the Sixers are even asking for. Yeah. But just who would actually be, you know, benefited having him? I would probably say Portland. Mm. I would say, I would say if there was a team that needed a guy with some talent, that could create opportunities for their scores, it will probably be them. You know, a guy that can bring the ball up the floor so Lillard can kind of play more like Steph, and then he can still get the ball to to um, McCollum, and he's tall, so he gives them some height defensively as well. Rebounding, he's there too. Um, and again, he likes to push the ball so that it can speed their team up a little bit. So I think Portland would benefit the most from having him on the floor. Plus, they already got scores, so they wouldn't be looking at him to be a scorer. And obviously, playing with Lillard and McCollum, it would take a ton of pressure off of him to just kind of fill the stat sheet. So I think that would be the most ideal spot from my vantage point. Um, what do you think? I there's there's something interesting when I was thinking about Ben Simmons the other day. Like, what team would be interesting with Ben Simmons? For me, Denver. I wouldn't mind seeing him in Denver. And I was like, I wonder what a situation because I'm like, I think you could go straight trade with Philly for Jamal Murray. You trade you trade Murray for him? Yeah. Yeah, I just want to see it. <laughs> I I just want to see it. Like, that team is so long and athletic. You know what I mean? And yeah. 
it's it would, it would just be so i don't how, how would you game plan for that like it's 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 so, it's so unique like you could have at any point in time you could have a starting five with everybody over 6-10 but that doesn't necessarily mean they win like you know guarding guarding smaller players when you're tall is not easy you know what i'm saying like I think they'd have a hard time with the Warriors. But but but, but here but here's what you would you would think like when you think of let's say with the Raptors what they're trying to do um what they're trying to do defensively right now with the, the way the way they're trying to mold their team is they want to have these long wings, these interchangeable spots, switch everything type of basketball, right? Mm-hmm. That Denver would make that happen at any point in time on the floor. Right, you could be able to switch on anybody and have guys that have length and will be able to move their feet. Right, because Ben Simmons is a is a world class defender at the same time, and I think the the one thing that would do is that would turn them into this elite defensive team, almost Utah like. Right, they can still get up and down the court. They still have great IQ when it comes to when it comes to playing the game, moving the ball, things like that. But defensively, their identity, you know what I mean? And, and, and I think that's the thing they would be able to hang their hat on for sure. Because right now, you, you're looking at a team like Denver. It's like, what is your identity? And to really be great, to really be one of the elite teams in the NBA, you need that identity. And I think that catapults them to this, this, this defensive team that you do not want to see on any given night. Because you're, you're talking about you could, you're switching everything. And you're getting the same problems no matter what on the floor, you know, and mm-hmm. it it just adds this length because again, you, you you're looking at Steph and Clay and all of these different guys, but it's like the one thing that hampers a lot of teams going up against a team like Golden State is the fact that you can't switch. You know what I mean? You kind of have to run around with Steph. You know what I mean? And that's why. Toronto had to go to that box in one and just keep Van Fleet running around with Steph, right? But imagine yeah. a situation where there's enough length on the court where let him run. You know what I mean? Let him run and switch everything because you're going to end up maybe switching off Ben. I huh? I don't know, man. I don't think that works against the Warriors. I don't think it would work. I think I think you're, the IQ you have to have to constantly be switching and not lose one of those shooters is very difficult. But, but I like, think I, I I think these I think these guys are they're smart. There's a lot of basketball like you in 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 um in with Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Jokic, Ben Simmons. Like I I there's so there's a lot of there's a lot of I'll, I'll smarts there. I'll say this. I question the dog that you've mentioned a few times. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely would question the dog in that situation. I mean, uh, they're all talented. Aaron Gordon, I mean, the fact that he's on their team playing the role that he's playing when he was supposed to be the guy himself. Or, you know, again, the only guy I don't question is Jokic. Everybody else I'm not sure about. And if you put all of those personalities on the same squad and don't have Jamal Murray, then you're hoping that Will Barton is going to do it because. 
So you Who think else? they would defer? Like mentally? Yeah, I think, defer. and I think, yeah, and I don't think, I don't see, uh, again, Jokic is a great player, but he doesn't strike me as the most vocal type of guy. Nah, that guy, so, that guy looks like a man that'll drape you up still. That, that guy. Looks- He's one of them guys still. Like he he drape a man up still. Like you could you could uh, see it in him. Like I he, Serbia, huh? I think he I think he would have to. He would have to make sure that there was a level of fear or respect that would force these guys to come to work and be focused because these guys seem like they would joke around too much. Like Aaron Gordon seems like he's like kind of a comedic type of guy. Then you mix him with Ben Simmons, who's in his world of <laughs> social media and girls. Yeah, you though. You got a lot of pretty looking dudes. You know what I'm saying? All on the same squad, bro. You know what I mean? Like Curry and Thompson are. You know they're special in that regard. Because let's be honest, like you. And there's no disrespect or no like colorism or nothing, but you see two light skinned dudes that baby face. No one thought those guys. No one took those guys serious. No one believed that those guys were going to be what they were. They had a chip that you couldn't see, yeah. And they fought through whatever you thought they were going to be. But when I look at those guys, that's kind of what I see. I see a guy that's going to be thinking about his girl. More than he's thinking about who he's guarding, you know what I mean, and not being one up by that. Because Ben Simmons is a product of exactly what you were talking about when you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? He is. He is. He is. One hundred percent. So you add him to that mix of Aaron Gordon, and then again, Michael Porter has skill and talent, but he still has elements of that same thing too, where he'll show up at times. And then at other times, he's just kind of chilling. So who's going to light the fire? Murray was the guy that he just, he would just get extremely hot. And then, you know what I mean? Between him and Jokic, all the other men can just get theirs within the way that the offense runs. So you take Murray out the equation for permanently and then throw Ben Simmons in, you better get a very high IQ guard that has a lot of respect or else I think that they're going to be too jokey. They're going to laugh and play too much, or Jokic is going to have to get upset. That's what I see with those guys, because they're talented, but I don't know if they'd be so focused like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, maybe you're right. That would be the only problem that I think when I see those guys. But talent-wise, yeah, maybe. Or, uh, but, or mm. maybe, maybe Ben... Has something to prove now? Maybe, maybe, maybe that—that's a big maybe, though. You know, what I'm <laughs> like that's a really big, maybe, especially to lose Jamal Murray. Like Jamal Murray is a real player, man. Like yeah. if he was healthy right now, it's probably—I don't know if Phoenix is number. Well, I think the Warriors are still there. Yeah, but. Murray is a real factor, but, that, and, but that's why when I when I think about that, I'm like, Philly would have to take that straight. You know, what I mean, my, yeah. my, my, matter of fact, Philly might have to throw in. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, you know what I, I mean? yo, if Murray plays the way Murray can play, I don't do that straight up. Yeah, not because I, I don't think they get a better. I don't think they get a better guard than than no. Jamal Murray. 
out of any sort of deal, to be honest with you, at Philly. So whatever they're looking yeah. for, I think that's the best they could probably get. Philly would be ecstatic. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would. Um, yeah. Given that this is the first show, right? I wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, um, grab some of our early season predictions, right? We're going to go back and look at it as the year goes and then just mm-hmm. to see where it sort of lines up. So let's start off with who you got for MVP this year? I mean, Curry, boy. Definitely Curry. You know, they end up number one. This is the best season Curry's ever had. And not saying a lot, knowing that he got a unanimous MVP, bro. And this is the best season Stephen Curry's ever had in the NBA, in my opinion. Period. There's never been a year that he deserved it more. Like, you said it yourself. If the Warriors were 16 and 18, nobody would have been surprised. Nobody would have been shocked, like, oh, my God, what ha- what's happening? They wouldn't be ripping the Warriors the way that they're dissecting the Lakers right now. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So the fact that this guy, without Clay, has invigorated the entire team, like invigorated them, gave them a jolt of energy that is very difficult to do. These are all professional basketball players with egos, et cetera. And yes, some of them are young. Like look what Wiggins looks like right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Wiggins looks like Harrison Barnes 2.0. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't happen without being on the floor with Curry and the confidence that that guy gives you. The, how much fun he makes the game. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing like him. Basketball, we're lucky, man, to be able to watch this guy. That he's been healthy, all of it. So, I would have to, I'd have to say Curry. And then personally, I'd probably put Chris Paul as Ooh, the runner. That was that was my pick. That was my yeah. pick. Yeah, yeah, because the guys, he's been a little disrespect. <laughs> you know what I mean? His old career. And I yeah. think now they're starting to realize, like, we gotta kind of give him his flowers. Now, I think, I, think I, I, I think Phoenix might end up with that number one spot, and I think that'll that that'll if Phoenix ends up with that number one spot, I think it'll do a lot for that MVP vote. Um, yeah, because it's just yeah. whatever he's doing, man, that secret sauce. You could have argued last year that he could have gotten it based on based on everything. I think if he recreates that same thing this year, I don't I don't just just from a flower standpoint. I think I think they've I think they make that choice and give it to CP3 at, at the end of his career. I'll be honest and say I think this is also his best year, too, or could rival any of his best years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is def- this reminds me of when he was in New Orleans, yeah. And they actually played against the Spurs in the in the playoffs that year. Like this is the type of thing that I didn't expect him to be able to do. And again, his whole—it's the same thing with Curry. His whole personality has been written all over the team. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that you, you can't. You can't buy that. You can't manufacture that. You know what I mean? Like there's there's guys playing above their skill level right now, and it's because he's there with them. Yeah. So I, I agree. 
But with all of that being said, I still wouldn't give it to him over Curry because Curry is on pace to have the type of career that, again, he's going to, he's going to fall into the top 10 all time. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all time with the greatest that have ever played. And for that reason, if I'm the NBA, I want him to get it because I want his resume to continue to, to expand. You know what I mean? I think this to get an MVP this year would put him in a category where that argument is, you can make that argument no problem because he's doing it after all of the aftermath of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to take a team that fell off the way they did and to have them where they are right now. Yeah. This quickly Mm -hmm. with so many young guys. I mean, man remarkable you know and again it would it would it would make his career it would cement his career and, and if they won the whole thing too man yeah it's gonna be interesting coming down the end though um yeah rookie of the year who you got rookie of the year probably scotty barnes if he stays healthy mm. you know yeah. I, I like scotty barnes i think he has what we was hoping siakam would have I think Scotty Barnes ends up being the man. Mm. He has that already. He has the personality. He has the confidence in himself already that once you add some more skill to him, he's going to, it's going to be his team, him and Van Fleet. So I would probably go with Scotty Barnes right yeah. now. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I don't, uh, I think, I don't even know. I think Jalen Green got hurt or something. Um, yeah. He hasn't been around. And I think it's two. I think it's uh, he hasn't played a lot of games, but Cade Cunningham. I don't think he'll be able to to. I don't. I don't, I don't see him doing anything crazy, and I don't think Detroit does anything crazy to allow him to to move up in in that category. Yeah. But yeah. how do you feel about him though, Cade Cunningham? What do you think? Was he the right pick for number one? Yeah. Yeah, I think he was. I think I think he was the only choice. Like I, I, I think the idea came down to him or Jalen Green. I I still think he's better than Jalen Green. I think he has a lot more intangibles than Jalen Green. I think the the thing that people may look at is Jalen Green may have a little bit more fight or a little bit more dog in him, you know, and mm-hmm. a little bit more charisma in terms of you know just that that funness of the game. But in terms yeah. of just a, a basketball player, kind of like we talked about with Lonzo, I think Kate yeah. Cunningham has a lot of that. I think what yeah. what's the deceiving part about him is his motor, you know, yeah. just and, and just the the athletic the athleticism, quickness on the floor, things like that. He looks like kind of looking like a poor man's Luca, you know what I mean, on any given night, and I think. That's that's the thing with him, but I think yeah, I think just looking at that draft, I don't think it was a great draft to be honest with you. I don't think it was a great draft. I think, I think yeah, out of that draft, I think he's still the number one pick. Uh me, especially from a trainer's point of view, I I have to go with Jalen Green. I think he has a very interesting path. I think just like uh, Lamelo, I think these unique paths 
create unique personalities. Yeah. And I think that Jalen Green is going to continue to evolve and that his choices to do these unconventional things will speak to the type of person he is in general and that he'll be willing to do whatever it takes to continue to take those steps up the ladder. So I would bet on him. And I would also say with Jalen Green versus Cade, Cade, Cade reminds me of a less athletic Tracy McGrady in the sense of his, again, his demeanor. Like, McGrady looked like he was half asleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he looked like he was half asleep, but then he would just dunk all over you right. or he'll run off 29 straight points on you and you'd be like, holy smokes, all right, whatever you say. Whereas with Cade, I'm like, he strikes me not as a pure scorer, really. He he's like a he's kind of a scorer, kind of a point guard. Yeah, he's what six eight nine. Yeah. Has the sleepy kind of look to him as well. Yeah. So the only way I see Cade becoming a star or becoming somebody that is going to change the destiny of Detroit is if there's something internal that you can't see that ultimately starts to rub off and also he just develops his jumper so that he's really really efficient when he does shoot the ball yeah because he'd have to be more like chris paul he has to be a guy that may not shoot a million shots but he'll make the ones he takes and then he's really good at galvanizing his team but if he doesn't have that part to him just from looking at him I can't see him making the difference in Detroit's destiny. Um, and that's why I would be like, you know what? If I have to choose then as a GM, I'm going to pick the guy that's going to pack the gym and make people want to come watch us play. And yeah. definitely Green is going to be going to do that. But before we go on, I just had something on my mind. I really wanted to talk about it with you if you, if you wouldn't mind. All right. The Dallas Mavericks and Luca, because you said a poor man's Luca just now with Kate, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm, uh, what? The, how do you feel about Luca? Especially now, now that he's been here a while, you know what I mean. He's not a surprise anymore. You know, like how do you? Because I know what I see or what I think I see, but what what do you see right now with him and with Dallas in their future? I think, I think Dallas is confused. I think it's, I think part of it's Mark Cuban's ego. I think he won't get out of his way. I think the things that he tries, I think he's re, trying to recreate the past mm. over there in Dallas. I think he's really trying to recreate that that Steve Nash type team with Dirk. I think he's trying, like he's trying to do too much like that. I think mm. Porzingis and Luca don't work. I don't think so. And I think part of that is, is Luca, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Actually, I think the main part of that is Luca. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's <laughs> how I. Feel. But that's how I feel about it. Like yeah. I'm watching this, and I'm like, I wouldn't want to play with him either. <laughs> no, no, no. Luke, I'm like, just like, being honest. To to his credit, the guy is unbelievably talented, and the He's game, good, man. and the game comes pretty easy for him like it comes so like it, it comes so easy for him and 
it's it's one of those things watching him where you're like, ah, he's he's having so much success from a personal standpoint that yeah. he probably wouldn't want to change anything. But from a team perspective, you're like, you're not quite where you need to be. And I think he yeah. needs to sacrifice some of the personal, you know, showmanship and the gains he's made as a, as a player in that way and, and see how he can improve the rest of his team. And I think that's the thing that's hurting him. I don't, I don't think he's getting his guys to play up to another level because, again, a lot of them, just from an offensive standpoint, they're just ball watching him right now. You know what yeah. I mean? And they don't feel they, they, like, I, I think watching that team, they don't feel like the, a guy is rooting for them to go off. You know what I mean? No. And I think from his standpoint, they they need to feel that. They need to feel like the guy wants me to, to go off. They, they almost need to feel like the way DeRozan and uh, Zach Levine feel when Lonzo passes them the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a guy genuinely wants you to get 50. Mm-hmm. And Even just DeRozan and Levine with each other. Right. And, and because that's not what's happening over there. And... Luca could get his game off at any time. Offensively, he could get a shot off at any time. He can he can do whatever he wants at any time. But he needs to figure out a way to get some of those guys going. And so Dallas, I would say, Cuban, enough. There's only one Dirk. Enough. There's only one Dirk. You can't recreate that situation. It's never going to happen. It's not yeah. going to happen. So you kind of have to look at it now where maybe you have to move off of that. And now maybe you're like, Okay, we're gonna have to design this thing a little bit differently to accommodate Luca. But Luca, you gotta come up off the ball sometimes. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, like you really gotta come off of it a little bit. If 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 we're if Steph Curry's coming off the ball, if Steph Curry is moving the ball the way he does and standing in the corner and cheering when Wiggins goes off, you know what I mean? Or when Poole goes off, or all any of those little guys, you gotta have that same infectious sort of behavior taking place right now in, in Dallas and, and right now it's just like that's not what's going on. He's getting his but but nobody else is. Well yeah because I watched there was a game I watched where they were playing the Atlanta Hawks and they ended up getting smashed by the Hawks right? Yeah. And I'm watching this game and again I'm thinking back to a season or two ago right where everybody was so excited about him and you know talking about him being the MVP and you know, the future of the NBA was him. You know what I mean? Like, he was going to be the best. I remember Max Kellerman went as far as saying he would probably take him over Giannis. Like, that's how highly they were speaking about this guy. You know what I mean? Like, like he's the best. Like, he is the one. You know what I mean? He's going to run the league. It'll be Luka's league at some point in the NBA. Mm, Yeah. And I'm like, First and foremost, I don't think people realize what it takes to run the league. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to, to be for it to be your league. That's a hell of a statement. But also, I just was watching this and I think Lucas probably was listening to it too. Because it's like he just lost sight of the fact that he was on a team. And that he only was going to go as far as his team went. Because it's like he just stopped getting guys involved. Like it got worse. It's like watching Harden play. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's like, bro, like, so I'm watching them play the Hawks and their whole team just looks uninterested. 
they just look like they have no energy. They have no life. They're not sacrificing for each other. Again, you're not recognizing who's hot and then trying to feed it. And it was important because at that time, it, this is the Hawks versus Dallas. So this is Trey Young versus Luca, right? And who got the better of the trade? Right. And for me, I keep saying, like, if I'm Atlanta, I'm I want Trey Young. I'm happy with that because at the end of the day, he's a showman. He'll you know pad the stands, and I think he has that that chip that will see him be maybe not successful on a level like Curry or anything, but I think he he will be successful at some point in the NBA because so, of how bad he wants it. So it's it's funny because I, 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 I had something written down for us and we're, we're not going to get to it, but it, it, it comes up in this Luka conversation. So I think one of the mm. things that's affecting Luka right now is the actual rule change. Ah. And so it, it dawned on me, I'm like, how, how badly could this be affecting Luka, right? And so I'm just looking at his free throw attempts Previously, so 2019-2020, 9.2 free throws attempts a game. Mm. 2021, 7.1. This year, 5.5. Wow. Right? So the way they change the rules of the game is also affecting the way he gets his game off, right? And yeah. I, I think that's that's actually a, a big impact on him because it's affecting a few people. It's affecting Dame. It's affecting... Uh, Trey, it's affecting James Harden. It's affecting a couple different people right now. That actual yeah. rule change, and I think Luca just might be one of those individuals where their craftiness is what got them to that line a lot of times. But now the league is like, nah, we're not giving you that no more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that yeah. that element of it is is actually, you know what I mean? Not it, it is Available. actually what's what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about that because I watched it and I haven't enjoyed that stuff for a while. So I'm very happy they took some of it out. Yeah. Um, you know, I think with Lucado as well, people figure you out after a while. You know what I'm saying? Like people watch film, people, and it's not that they're stopping him, but he's more likely not as effective and efficient as he once was. So now, again, the other players are going to suffer as he's still trying to maintain his numbers. Well, 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 well think about this, right? And, I, and, I, and James Harden and, and Luca are two good comparisons with the look at this, right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't like Luca. Looks doesn't look to me like he's in the is in the best shape of his life. <laughs> no, no, right? And James yeah. James Harden is the same thing. And if you if you if you actually look at it, when they got to the line, it was stoppage. It slowed down the game and it gave them a breather. Now mm -hmm. you put those same possessions in, and there are no calls. Now you got to get back on defense. You know what yeah. I mean? The game doesn't yeah. stop. It's still speeding up, right? And you mm -hmm. now as that player that needed that little bit of rest, because again, these are the guys that are playing forty plus minutes a game. And yeah. you're not in the great shape to begin with. You know what I mean? Exactly. And you have no way to stop the clock anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? To get a little bit of breather, that that definitely would have a major Matters. impact. That's a fact. And it's actually what made me so impressed with Jokic. 
Yeah. Because I remember when I first seen him, I was like, he's talented, but he's not going to last. His body won't allow him to make it. Yeah. And he, he completely transformed his body. And that's a testament to the personality and how much drive and will he has. Yeah. I think Luca's going to have a similar situation because it's like what I was thinking would happen to Jokic, where one injury would derail him because he would lose another step and he was already a bit slow in comparison to the other players. Yeah. So Luca has the same thing that he has to be concerned about, which is that if you get injured, if you have anything that would naturally slow a player down even a half a step. Yeah. Now between maybe gaining weight and just losing a step, it's just very different, especially to be the point guard. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. this guy is the ball dominant guy. He's bringing the ball up the floor, but he also has to match up with the other guy bringing the ball up the floor on the other end. And, I just don't know if he's going to be able to do that for too long if he doesn't take that part more seriously. But I think with Dallas and with Cuban and with what's going on, I just think if I'm Porzingis, I want out. <laughs> yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. Because his career is not going to flourish and he's going to kind of be thrown away if he doesn't. And for Lucas, like, you got to – at least in my opinion, you have to think about winning being more important than the numbers so that, and you're that good anyway. So it's like, again, if you see another guy doing well, whether it's Tim Hardaway Jr. or whoever, you got to play through those guys for real. You got to play for them because it actually makes your life easier in the long run. And when you need those guys, they got a rhythm and they can play well when you're struggling. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, but I don't like. I have. I, I've been watching what Luca's doing, and I, I. It was what I felt when I see what Harden started doing. It's like, bro, I don't. It's actually not conducive to winning, especially in a fast-paced game with a lot of guys that are all talented on the floor. Now it's like you're not going to beat the Warriors playing like that. Nah, nah, it's not going to happen. So nah, they're not. There. They're not yeah. there. So man, the landscape is really interesting, man. And hopefully some of these guys will improve and they'll have some people in their head to kind of help them with the psychology of the game, just as much as the, the skill part of it, you know, well, J kids there for a reason, but, mm-hmm. um, defensive mm-hmm. play of the year. Give me that. Probably Draymond will get it. Draymond. I think I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I think Draymond will, will end up getting it because, I mean, the Warriors' defense is top in the league and, you know, it's spearheaded by him. And, again, just like how Curry is infectious on the offensive end and with the shooting, that's what Draymond is on the other side of the ball for for them defensively. That's a real so, pick. Yeah, yeah, I picked Giannis for that one. I mean, I think... He'll probably be up for that award every single year yeah. for the rest of his career. You know what I mean? Uh, coach of the year. Coach of the year. I mean, again, I don't want to. I don't want to think of the obvious teams, but <laughs> probably, probably. You know, it's funny. I can't even remember who the Bulls coach is. Scott, uh, it's not Scotty Brooks. It's um Billy Donovan. Billy Dot, yes, yes, yeah. Yes. Probably, probably him. I was going with him too. I'm a, I'm yeah. a big. <laughs> whatever's happening over there, I love all of it. 
I love everything yeah. about that that situation yeah. over there. Is probably my favorite in the NBA to just to just watch on a on a on a daily basis. You know, honestly, them them honestly. them, and I, I always have, I have a love for Charlotte right now. So I always, mm. <laughs> I love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Who do you think's gonna pull it out? The NBA champs. You know what I mean? This is, this is the prediction of all predictions right here. I mean, again, I raved about Curry quite a bit and even mentioned if he was to win one, what it would do for his legacy. I'd love to see the Warriors win. But honestly, again, I have no idea what's going to happen with Brooklyn. Yeah. So I can't, without Kyrie, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so if without Kyrie, I think the Bucks are going to be a tough out. I think the Warriors would have a shot to beat them in the finals. Yeah. But I think, I think the Bucks still kind of, because Giannis is just such a monster, man. You know, like Giannis is Giannis, man, that guy, he's going to make people have to think about that Mount Rushmore at some point, I think. If he, the way he is and the way his tenacity is, like, he's like Westbrook. Like, I can never see him chilling. Like, I just can't. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't see him playing the way at times I see LeBron play. No, it's not in his name. No, you know, and he's still more of a big, so he's around the rim more, you know? So, like, I think people forget, like, he's a, basically a center. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, to, to be what he is, you're going to have a problem beating whatever team he's on every single night that you play them. You know what I mean? So, I don't see Phoenix beating them. The Warriors have the firepower to beat them. But I don't know what they would even do to deal with him. You know what I mean? Like, he... So I think I think the Bucks may repeat if uh-huh. if Kyrie doesn't get back into the back to back thing, eh? Yeah, I think Giannis is that great. You yeah. know what I mean? I think he I think he's just that much of a problem. You know what I mean? Like he's he's serious, man. Like he is very he's the only person that I've witnessed that would if I had to pick if we were doing you know, three on three outside and him and Jordan were standing side by side, it would be a very hard choice for me. <laughs> like, very hard. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, very hard. Like, I lo- like LeBron, I, I respect him. I think he's so gifted. But if him and Jordan are standing beside each other, I don't, it's not a hard choice for me. Mm. Personally, you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I, I could, I could choose Jordan and be like, all right, well, we're gonna ride with Jordan against LeBron's team, and I think I, I like my chances. You know what I mean? I still like my chances to a degree with Jordan and and Giannis, but it'd be hard to pass him up. Mm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be like, man, who's gonna guard this freaking guy? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I- I'm I'm going I'm going Brooklyn. I I don't I these guys are 
there's no way they keep Kyrie Irving out like that. They're not stupid. The, the, the league's not stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not stupid. They'll figure, they're gonna yeah. figure this thing out. Kyrie's gonna be able to play at home at some point. And I just I, Brooklyn is Brooklyn, man. Like that that team always looks like it's it's like a ridiculous cheat code of a team, you know? Yeah. But they some, don't some, look like it without Kyrie, though. Nah, like they, they, they don't. Good. They don't. They don't. And, and, and again, like, Kyrie, I, I don't know. Man. I'll say it again. Kyrie's the most talented basketball player in the league. Like, just yeah. talent. The guy's, the guy's got the goods, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he really does have the goods. So, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick Brooklyn. You know, what I mean, obviously injuries and things like that could happen, but given a healthy Brooklyn Nets team going walking yeah. into the NBA Finals. I don't think so because I think I don't think the Bucks would have won if Kyrie didn't get hurt. Of course, you know I mean? not. minus yeah. minus James Harden. But if Kyrie stayed healthy on the floor, problem. Well, Kyrie, Kyrie is like a miniature Kobe Bryant. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, the, that's a good. Especially that's a down good, the stretch. Yeah. yeah, you know, like down the stretch. You just know that he's going to do the right thing. He's going to make the shot. He's going to do something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he just, there's something about his will that you just believe that he's going to make it work. He's going to put the ball in the net. You know what I mean? Right. So, with that, and then KD there to carry them throughout the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. I definitely agree with that. You know, Giannis would have to evolve into like a whole different version of himself where he's scoring 40 and 25. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? Like he'd have to play out of his mind, out of his mind. And even then, I don't think his teammates can rival what Kyrie and James. and Yeah. So I definitely agree with you. If they yeah. figure this thing out, then yeah, I think I think everyone would probably say that they think the the, the Nets would win. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. We talked for quite quite some time. <laughs> it's an hour thirty seven. Looking at it, wow, that's 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 unbelievable. I mean, to be honest, we could when it comes to basketball, we could be here all day. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we. There's so much. There's so much things that we didn't even get to cover. There's so much things that we're gonna cover, you know, coming yeah. up in, in in the next episodes. You know what I mean? So it's almost like right now we're we're gonna we're gonna be leaving the audience with a little bit of, you know, it, you, you got to look out for that 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 episode number two because that one. To be honest with you, again, we're gonna dive into these topics again and we're gonna get at it. But yeah, today, man, for the first episode, I really felt good about this. Me too. I think the thing I'm looking forward to is once all the obvious things are out of the way, you know, like who do you think is the MVP? And we start diving into, you know, the other things, the other players, you know, the college players, the high school players. There's so much to talk about. So I'm just excited to continue to build with you and build with the audience. And I hope that you guys really are going to enjoy this this journey. I I really want this to last a long time. I love this game. It's been a part of my life, my whole life. So I know that they would will never exhaust this. So I'm excited to see where we go and where we take it, man. His name is Baller. My name is Devro. You can just call me D. You know. And this is Baller's edition. 
It's been a pleasure having you guys listen, and we'll see you the next time. See you next time. Peace.